0: Art M is the creator behind The Gamer From Mars, which he started way back in 2009 when he was only 14 years old. What were you doing when you were 14, Steve?
1: Getting in trouble. No, I wasn't. Everybody says they're getting in trouble. I was just like, I was
0: such a normal kid.
1: You were not <laughs> starting a YouTube channel like that. <laughs> No, they didn't
0: even have TV when I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) To listen to the radio. He may not actually be from Mars, and rarely does he play video games anymore, but he has built one of the more interesting channels on the platform, which has evolved and grown and has stayed relevant for well over a decade. As of the time of this recording, the Gamer from Mars YouTube channel has over a million subscribers, 250. 50 million video views and is creating well produced and entertaining videos about some of the internet's biggest and often weirdest mysteries. So let's turn all the lights off and put a flashlight beneath <laughs> our chin and welcome back to the podcast, Art M, aka The Gamer from Mars.
1: How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, congratulations on that million subscribers. Have you gotten the plaque yet?
2: Yeah, it took a. It was a little bit of effort because uh, they didn't send me my cert, my little code to get one. So I actually had to complain in the YouTube chat support, and they got back to me like a week later. And after a little bit of hassle, I, I did get the code so I could redeem my my gold play button. Yeah. Where do you keep it? Uh, well, currently I I bought a new house, so uh, the office is being set up right now. So I plan on hanging it in the wall uh, there. Uh, but for now, it's just in the shrink wrap until everything's finished around me. I just have this crappy green screen to cover up the construction zone.
1: Is that the same house that we, I knew you were just recently moving into a house? The last time we had you. No, on the show. I I
2: upgraded houses since then to a new house.
1: Wow, yeah. you're a busy man. Is there a lot of a lot of things that need to be done with the house?
2: Um, not too much. Uh, I've noticed it's this funny thing where you don't realize until you. Uh, try to buy certain things how bad covid has screwed up the delivery process like i have furniture that i ordered that's not coming in until june Mm -hmm. uh that's how far back it's delayed just to like get it assembled and sent into the country and stuff so uh a lot of holdups on that front and I, i have to harass a couple contractors to come and actually get some work finished for me uh it's hard to find people that will do a decent job
1: Yeah, and that's true with or without COVID going on. Wow, getting contractors, it's becoming, they're becoming a dying breed. It's another topic
0: though, (laughs) but it is hard. One of the things that we talked about the first time you were on the podcast, and I would just like to kind of establish again for the people who uh, don't want to go back and listen to the first one and are here right now listening to this. the way that you put your videos together is kind of unlike a lot of the other guests or YouTubers that we have on this podcast. So could you kind of go through, and since right now your focus is on the internet mysteries, what is kind of like the life cycle or the process of making a internet mysteries video?
2: Sure, so yeah, it's changed quite a bit over the years of me making these videos. Um, Nowadays, what I'll do is I'll just browse the internet, I'll go on weird wikis, weird forms, Um, you know, Kiwi Farms, Encyclopedia Dramatica sometimes, I'll just, like, look at headlines, I'll go back and watch old podcasts from years ago, and then just find some, like, weird, obscure story from a couple years back that uh, was, like, a big thing in the news at the time, but then faded off, and then, uh, like, kind of do a retrospective of it. That's, That's often the case of how I come up with the ideas. And uh, what I'll do is if I find something interesting, I'll just send a link to my, one of my writers and I'm like, make a video about this. And they'll write me a script. We'll go over the script, I will add my notes, add things to kind of, uh, you know, give it a little bit more pizzazz, and kind of find the narrative and the through line of the story and kind of rewrite it a bit so it fits. And uh, then I'll record the voiceover, send it to an editor. The editor will do his thing. I'll go throw my sponsored message onto it, and uh, I'll come up with some ridiculous thumbnail for it, uh, <laughs> and then hopefully it gets a lot of views. Uh, that's that's always the game plan.
0: Is your writer's room a bit of a revolving table, or did you, did you have you? I know that the last time we spoke, you, you were like, it, it, it is sometimes challenging finding people who you know just kind of really get it. Is that the case right now?
2: Yeah, I haven't hired on a new writer in a, in a while, mainly because uh, I've, I've had a guy that uh, quit college and now just writes scripts full times for his own channel, some other YouTubers and me, so I've been trying to get him to agree to make one script a week for me in this year, uh, for 2022 going onward. Um, it's been a bit difficult to get him on that schedule, but he agreed to it, we're just kind of working on the details. And uh, one of my other guys, he's kind of expanded his position in my company. Um, so he does things other than write scripts for me. So it I, there's a little bit more uh, room for me to possibly find a new person to help write scripts for me. But for the time being, it works out. Uh, I've been a little bit slow to upload videos recently. I want to try to get to one a week rather than the more hectic schedule I have now of, Uh, Looking at how many sponsored messages I have to do and making the amount of videos to fit that uh, sponsored message schedule
1: (laughs) How much of the writing process are you personally involved in as far as what I'm really interested in is the research because I by watching your videos I can tell that there's a lot of hours of research goes into those. Is that something you're involved in or is that your script writer?
2: Um, I'm the one that's coming up with the idea and pointing out like, hey, here's like, here are the tidbits of the story that need to be in there. I'll find like a hook. Like I'll recently I made a video about Stan Lee being abused yeah. in his 90s where his wife died. They
1: stole his blood. They stole
2: his blood. Yeah. So literally <laughs> I I see like one article about like, hey, Stanley was abused. I look it up and I see no other YouTubers have covered the story. There Every single time a new Marvel movie comes out and there's a trailer for the new Spider-Man film, there's a million videos about it, but the creator of all these characters, who was abused as an, in his later years of life, not a single YouTuber bothered to cover this. I think there was like one or two uploads by a random creator on it. And I was like, this is an amazing story, let's do this. And then when my writer started looking into it, it ended up being so much deeper where you find out these little details, like yeah, there's a random dude that went and drew blood from him, saying oh they were for medical tests, and it turns out he just made uh, it into like an ink stamp, and then just stamped <laughs> his blood onto Marvel comics. And there's actually one for sale right now on eBay for over a thousand dollars. You could buy Stanley's stolen blood on eBay. Uh, oh man. So it's like, yeah. There's these random stories where I I always see YouTubers that talk about, oh, there's no ideas. Oh, I can't I can't catch a break. Everything's already been done. And I could tell you I have a list of like a hundred videos that have no one has ever touched before. Uh, I could if you sat me down, I could come up with a hundred video ideas that have not been done by a YouTuber yet. Uh, I, I think the possibilities are endless.
0: How do you organize your video ideas?
2: Uh, I need to get better at it. We'll just uh, have Discord chats, and when I come up with an idea, we'll pin the the idea. I'll let, so I'll I'll just like be watching some old podcasts from twenty fourteen, and then they bring up some re- random story because that's m- most of my day is I'm working, and then I have just YouTube videos playing in the background, and then I'll hear like a little tidbit of something, and I'm like, hey, that's maybe there's something to that for a video. I'll send the link to one of my writers, and uh, we just pin that, and then. Uh, When he needs to start writing a new script, we'll go back to those pinned comments and he'll pick something that interests him. That's what I do. I try to give my writers a bunch of ideas and have them pick what interests them the most because usually when they're interested in the topic at hand, they'll do a better job writing it and they'll be less likely to uh, not do the research and cut corners and make mistakes.
1: I think that the Stan Lee video was a good example of really firing on all cylinders there because everybody knows Stan Lee and he's like this, you know, such, such fondly thought of yeah. kind of guy. Everybody everybody loves him or when he was alive. And I had never heard the story that you told about yeah. his, his end of his life. And it was definitely tragic. I mean, I, I think you hit on that sweet spot. And then the... The other one you just had most recently, and this is another thing. You had mentioned this before is finding obscure stories that were really big at the time, but then they just kind of dropped off. And it was your most recent one about the MySpace suicide. And I had totally forgotten about that. It was probably what was it, ten years ago or, or more? More and
2: than that, fifteen years ago.
1: So it was a huge, huge deal. I mean it was like these this girl was getting harassed online and after all the pieces fell she 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 killed herself. It came to find out it was like parents who had yeah, created a 40-year-old these, this forty year old woman fake...
2: pretending to be catfishing a thirteen year old girl. Oh, God And then <laughs> she the, the the woman had like, it, it's so crazy because I remember I sent that uh, idea. I sent the Wikipedia page to my writer. I'm like, read over this. And he's like, why do you want me to write a video about this? It's just some random girl that killed herself. It's sad. And I'm like, no, look at the, see where the hook is. And then he's like, oh crap, it was the mom. And uh, that's, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, you got that. And you, you leave it on a cliffhanger before the sponsored message. You come back you, you, and you just keep people. People's you got attention. a pretty
1: good pretty good formula the way those work and, and, I, and I do say so and I, we mentioned this last time but you have refined your title slash thumbnail combination yeah <laughs> to, i mean you pick out just a little bit of the video to put in the thumbnail for stan lee it was they stole his blood yeah
2: it's like <laughs> how can you not click on that <laughs>
1: I love the the one that was like, uh, the title of the video, and they always go together, is the high school fight club. Oh, okay, that's interesting. But then you read the thumbnail, the
0: teacher ran it. <laughs> uh, I was saying to Steve before before we hopped on this podcast, uh, I think it was either on Reddit or Twitter. I saw something, it was retweeted by you or something. Like that. And it was, it just said like, uh, the typical gamer from Mars thumbnail. And it was just a picture of like a crying baby. And it's like, "Hey, <laughs> ate his brain or whatever, yeah. in the, the black text. However, I brought that up saying that I think you're probably doing one of the best jobs of getting text and choosing the right text in the thumbnail to to complement the title, but not interfere and you almost have them playing off of one another very well. My question is, do you ever feel like this is really over the head or is it like it works and now it's kind of part of the style so that's why this is what we're doing. Uh,
2: Well, I I guess the the way I see the title and thumbnail combo is it's a synergy between the two. I see it it happen so much where It's, uh, the title and thumbnail are very redundant. They'll have the title of the video, and then the thumbnail just says the title over again. And I'm like, well, you already said that. I do it sometimes, but it's for, like, one of my bigger documentaries. Like, I made a video 100 Dead YouTubers That Will Be Missed, and the thumbnail also says 100 Dead YouTubers. But I wanted to, like, say this is the definitive video on the subject, so I'll you know, there's a purpose in me repeating it twice because I want it to be the video on the subject. But when you're making just like a random video and you're trying to get people's attention, you really have to, you know, have those two things work together. It's, uh, people always think of like the title and thumbnail, uh, you know, as like separate things, but they really, they have to complement one one another. Um, But as far as like going too outrageous, I could assure you that there are uh, titles and thumbnails that I've done for like tests because I'll make 10 of them and like some of them are just so outrageous <laughs> and like I want to do them and I'm, and then people are like no you can't you can't do it like I'm sending them to my YouTube buddies you can't do this this goes way too far and I'm like yeah and sometimes I have to deal with the YouTube sensor uh, going after me and like giving me a yellow dollar sign just because of the thumbnail uh, I hmm. made a video called the most hated man in Australia and the guy's name was Dick Pusey so on the thumbnail, I just put a big picture of his face, and I put the name Dick Pusey. And YouTube—that's all you need. YouTube gave me the yellow dollar sign, saying that it was a inappropriate language in the thumbnail, and I'm like, that's literally his name.
1: <laughs> Did they? Do they explain when you get that kind of a yellow? What do you call it? A yellow? It's not a strike. A yellow. Yellow dollar D-mark. sign is what I call. Dollars. Yeah. Does it come with an explanation, this is because of the thumbnail, or or does it...
2: Sometimes, uh, usually I'll complain to YouTube chat support, and then they'll give me a more detailed reason for why they gave it to me. Um, Yeah, for that one, it was just like, I really fought it, because I'm like, there's nothing in this video that warrants it. Like, I've done nothing, I've said nothing in this video... It's kind of a disturbing story, but it doesn't break any of the advertiser guidelines, so there was no reason why they should have given it to me. And they're just like, "Yeah, man, was, if you if you change the thumbnail, uh, we'll we'll get rid of the but yellow." But you, you didn't.
1: It still says no. Dick Pusey. Oh
2: no, I, I love the thumbnail. I am still yeah. holding my ground. I'll I'll I will i will not make money off it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's demonetized. <laughs> oh now? yeah, half of my videos oh, it still get
2: demonetized. Is uh first oh, things, I see. i'll fight them and oh well, you usually... know
1: it had to have been just like a bot that just it, it's it said it looks for dick and pussy and it's like close enough to <laughs> to dick pussy that it flagged it i well I now assume. this
0: podcast is going to get flagged because you oh, actually shit. said the word well
2: <laughs> so youtube's uh when you say swears in the videos as long as they're not super early in the video and you're not too over the top it's usually not a problem right i personally don't swear in my videos so that's not even an issue um, which is the crazy part? I talk about all these crazy stories, but I'll bleep out the swear words, uh, and I've always done that <laughs> even before the apocalypse yeah. happens. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of these weird things where, uh, from what I understand, YouTube has a they they sub out like to a contractor to do the the work in terms of uh, checking if video should be uh, demonetized or not and not safe for advertisers, and uh, they they ship it out to Pakistan like offices where they'll just hire an office in Pakistan to go through and have these people um, on the other side of the world reviewing YouTube videos. <laughs> well,
1: uh, it has to be after it's already been flagged by a by a yeah, bot, right? The bot there's will no flag way it. Anybody could.
2: Yeah, the bot will flag it and then you request a manual review where someone oh, in real life will look at it and then that person makes the final decision on if it you get the green dollar sign or if it remains yellow. So, uh what I've realized, and what a lot of other YouTubers realized, is it's just a roll of the dice. Of this person in Pakistan, like I don't know what they're gonna do. So you could people have uploaded the same video multiple times, and uh, the guy in Pakistan will sometimes give you the yellow, sometimes give you the green. It's it's pretty arbitrary. It's kind of security theater for advertisers, because uh, you could you could get around it if you just if you're willing to play the game.
1: <laughs> the guy in pakistan wow yeah
2: that's what i've been told it's like they they have it outsourced to pakistan like uh, offices there where they'll just hire people that are cheaper labor and they speak english and they'll watch the videos that's why uh, there was a big problem a couple years ago is they uh when if they had like two a man, man and a woman kissing in a video it would get a green dollar sign but if it was like a gay relationship in a video uh, oftentimes we'll get the yellow dollar sign for the same context, just because it was in a country where, you know, homosexuality is not accepted in any way. Uh, so those man, those censors that are manually reviewing this stuff, they'd give that stuff the yellow dollar sign, whereas the the heterosexual relationships, it was fine. And, uh, you know, there's, there's massive issues when you uh, try to put a system like this in place.
1: Would you are going through your videos and you're filling out the form of, is there any content that's, you know, it it has all the things. Is there violence? Is there sex? All this stuff. Do you have to every video like really carefully think about, okay, was there language in here that it was, it was questionable that YouTube's going to strike? Was there, was there a little bit of blood in it or all of those things on every video?
2: The problem is, it's such, for my content, it's very gray area in terms of if it's allowed or not. Because there's very clear things. Hey, do you show a death in the video? You'll probably get demonetized, but YouTube will probably just, you know, take it off the website. Um, There's very clear cut things where if you have this, it will get demonetized. But when you're doing a discussion of, hey, this is like an unsavory person, and here's their life, and then you share aspects of their life. know certain aspects and might not be advertiser friendly but does that mean that the video is all about that unsavory topic uh it's 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 a weird thing where it's kind of a matter of opinion uh so that that's where i fall into it
1: i mean even words like I, i know and i don't know if this is just going around if it's just kind of like if it really happens or not but i know people will will like bleep out the word suicide which you used in in your video uh because they're afraid youtube's going to demonetize just saying the word i don't know if that
2: video got a green dollar sign and it says it in the thumbnail in the title yeah people are probably
1: just overly cautious now for everything i yeah it's uh i'm careful about certain things
2: like i have a video of talking about like a bunch of youtubers that were arrested and some of them were arrested for um you know Acts against children, so I'll, I'll, we'll skirt around it, we'll say, he was arrested for, because they found unlawful images of minors in their house, like I'll, I'll just say stuff like that, just uh, skirt around the uh, the system, I it'll get picked up by the bot, no doubt, because the bot is so fickle, but you're really just relying on the manual reviewer to just allow it <laughs> Because it's up to them. Those guys are going through, what, 50 videos an hour? They're just clicking green dollar sign, yellow dollar sign, green dollar sign, yellow dollar sign. If you upload the same video 10 times, you'll get 10 different results. Uh, it's 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 not a clear cut and dry system like I would imagine YouTube makes it out to be to the advertisers.
1: Well, one thing I noticed is I got my first uh, copyright claim ever. And it was on the second channel. And it was just a month ago. And, of course, this isn't for questionable material this is for a copyright claim because i was doing a movie review and so i i thought well this will be interesting because i can follow this through i could dispute it it was you know clearly fair use and see how this goes but then i thought why is it because i used a bunch of movie clips from different movies but it was only a couple of them that got flagged and so i just decided to shorten them up and i shortened it up like a couple seconds on each one, re-uploaded it as a test, kept the original one there, no, no copyright flag. So it's just, it's really, I don't think anybody really knows how any of that works.
2: From what I understand, you're not able to content ID claim clips that are under five seconds in length. So that's how a lot of reviewers get around it nowadays is they keep all clips that they show uh, under 5 seconds. So if you watch a film reviewer on YouTube and they're showing footage and you're wondering how they get away from it, look at how often they cut to different clips of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's always under 5 seconds. Um, All right. Last time I checked that's how it works. Uh, I'm not usually in that game.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: just talking about obscure old stories and no one's really <laughs> trying to claim this stuff because I'm using some old news clip from 2006. Uh, there's, there's, there's no one really putting that sort of content in the bot Uh, Claiming system because i'm literally the first person to use that clip since the story first uh, came out
0: Your your perspective on this will probably be really intriguing because you have so much insight from both sides of uh, Understanding a subject like this, but How do you think youtube is doing as far as? that monumental task is concerned I
2: I view uh, the content I da- uh the yellow dollar sign system, I-, I see it similar to airport security in terms of it's to make people feel good and it was put in place after a major event and it was this rash decision. Um, <clears throat> to elaborate on this thought, I've said this in like a video a while back, but uh, after 9-11, they go and then they put in all these things where, you know, they'll run you through x-ray machines, they'll like take off your shoes, all this stuff. Uh, you know, they'll pat down your your genitals if they think there's something in there. They, they just, yeah, all this stuff. Now, the thing is, the only thing they had to do to stop 9-11 from happening was to barricade the doors so the terrorists wouldn't be able to get into the cockpits. That's all that had to be done in 9-11 wouldn't happen. That's all they had to do after 9-11 to prevent another tragedy like that ha- from happening ever again. But they went that extra length and then they just never gave up that control. So now it's this thing where there's been plenty of uh, tests done where they'll they'll have like an actual controlled group go in and try to get through airport security and uh, have like a razor blade on them. And they're able to successfully do it a large portion of the time because it's such a mundane task to be an airport security guard that's just letting person after person through that you're able to get past security. I remember the one time I forgot to take out my laptop out of my bag. Uh, and I got through. It just wasn't, they just over, it was just an oversight. It's just Mm -hmm. such a routine that they just oversee things. So we have this massive system in place that you have to wait in lines, get in the airport early. You're giving up your privacy, letting someone pat you down if they think they have, you have something on them, all for something that could have been resolved if you just barricaded the doors on airplanes prior to September 11th. Uh, Looking at the the current system of these yellow dollar signs and everything youtube's 911 in terms of advertising was the adpocalypse that was caused because some random channel with like a couple hundred subscribers had some old racist song on it that somehow slipped through the cracks and got monetized and because of that uh i believe the wall street journal was able to just sit there refreshing the page at a coca-cola ad on that video Ford ad on that video, just sat there all day and then reached out to every single one of those companies and said, Hey, do you support your ads going on racist content on YouTube? And because of that, YouTube went overboard and just like created this massive system to to account for that, when all they had to really do was put in the current system that they have where you need a 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time each month to get monetized, so it incentivizes people not to break the rules and not to try to monetize stuff like that. If they just had that, those two rules in place before getting monetized, before the apocalypse, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, but now, since it did happen, we're stuck in this just security theater where there's ways around it, there's ways to manipulate the system, people game it. As you said, they'll bleep out stuff like suicide to get around the sensors. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, all, it's all a joke. Uh, it's the way it is, And I've taken advantage of it because uh, there's since I'm talking about content that often deals with yellow dollar sign related subjects, I don't have as much competition, so it's almost like I don't mind it either way because because I'm making stuff that's harder to monetize, especially for a smaller creator. uh, I'm able to get in and get a lot more views because no one else is really competing with me. There's no other person making the videos that I do because it's very difficult to make it work in a business sense, but I've been able to.
1: There are other people doing similar to what you're doing, but I guess they're probably more focused on YouTubers like Internet Ajay. You probably know yeah. Internet Yeah, I'm sure. And I love his content. But yeah, he's really focused on, I guess, YouTubers, right? So he's probably not really much competition for you.
2: Yeah, I used to cover YouTubers nonstop on my channel. And then at some point I just got sick of that it, it got so repetitive because you have this pool of like a hundred YouTubers people care to hear people talk about.
1: Yeah. And
2: uh, there's, there's only so many times you could just reiterate the same story of YouTuber got big. He went yeah. off to Hollywood, you know, started doing drugs, fell off the deep end and now he gets no views and he's just like floundering. I, I covered those sort of people for so many years on the channel. And in the past year, I've just slowly transitioned away from those people and now i just i don't even know how to describe the videos i make anymore it's just it's not even mysteries half the time it's just i'm talking about dysfunctional situations
1: <laughs> yeah it is good people love those rise and fall stories don't they
2: yeah yeah they they do uh, there's there's an appeal to them it's just there's only so many of them and when you've looked at so many of them you realize that hey all these stories fit into like five distinct categories like it's just the same five stories over and over again like you could go through internet of j's videos and you could just say okay this person fits in this box this person fits in this box it's it's a uh, history repeats itself people keep on making the same mistakes in this industry
1: and well it's easy to easy too, because there's so many real young people in it who <laughs> are just yeah. young and dumb and they say dumb things and they do dumb things and the next yeah. thing and they get they get famous real fast and then it's just it's a hard crash
2: <laughs> yeah but I'd rather just kind of stick in my own lane and <laughs> talk about some random story about myspace from 2006 that no one else cares about and <laughs> I'm able to come up with some catchy thumbnail and title for it that'll get me views when no one else would be able to get views on it if they did it.
0: A few months back, you mixed it up with uh, the insane summer of Pokemon Go, which was more of like a (laughs) thirty-minute long, and it was fascinating because, as you said earlier, it's like there's things that happened which literally the whole world tripped over on, (laughs) and then like two months later, it's like oh, yeah, Pokemon Go was a thing. You would walk past parks and <laughs> yeah. see people walking around like did zombies. You it, re- did you try it, Chad? Did you try it? I got like a couple. I, I did uh, it for like a yeah. day. I'm like, yeah, and dude, that was I it, yeah, just because I wanted to see what remember, it was I remember like Hillary K- Clinton
1: kind of killed it. <laughs> Didn't she? Yeah, Do you Pokemon remember? Go to the polls. <laughs> oh, it was horrible.
0: <laughs> it's a great example, though, of content, which is kind of a departure and also follows up on something that you mentioned the first time you were on the podcast, which was more of a focus on like... Larger, larger form content, and especially now, um, in 2022, where there's such a focus on short content and all of the rest. Do you are you still focused on trying to like forge forward with longer form content, or where's your head at? With
2: Absolutely. That? I've uh, I have a four and a half hour long documentary that I've been working on for two years that's almost finished, so that uh, that's coming out soon, and uh, that. I've talked to my team, and we can't think of another YouTuber that's made a video of this scope before uh, in terms of what we've done with it. So, yeah, I, I, I've i been trying to work on a system where I have the internet mysteries that are kind of quicker to make, get in- sponsored messages on those ones, make my money there, and then have another team that's working on longer uh, documentary-style content uh, that takes a bit longer, so... Stuff like the summer of Pokemon Go, the Legend of Twitch Place Pokemon, the Bashiverse Conspiracy, hundred dead YouTubers that will be missed. You have like these really large videos um, that I have work, that I have, that they're being worked on in the background at all times, but they just take a a, a long, uh, a, it's a long production schedule for
0: those have you thought about doing any other type of content to accent the channel or are you comfortable with it's either an internet mysteries or like this style of like 10 to 15 minute long you know written produced piece of content because I, I mean you used to do kind of more opinion pieces or like more kind of sit in front of the camera and just kind of talk about something where it's less scripted less whatever or do you prefer just the scripted content at this point
2: yeah so There's, like, a couple reasons why I have strayed away from making opinionated contents. The first one being that uh, those videos where I stood in front of the camera, they're a lot easier for me to edit on my own than having to send, like, a massive file to an editor who then has to edit it. Because those videos are very, like, time-sensitive, you have to get those out as quick as possible most of the time because they're about current events. So, it was faster for me to edit them myself than have someone else edit them for me. And I'm at a point in my career where I just don't have the time to edit my own videos. It's just not something feasible for me. And the second thing is, um, I currently behind the scenes run an advertising agency that gets people YouTuber sponsored messages. We're up to like 12 employees now. And I'm working with over 100 creators, Uh, like the matter of giving disclosures of like, hey, I have a relationship with this person. I work with this person to get them sponsored messages on their channel. Oh, I have a podcast in the work with this person. It, uh, it made things very messy for me to be making expose content or opinion related content when uh, it's very easy to just piss someone off. So, uh, me making these videos where I'm just kind of giving a history lesson about some random thing um, that's in the past Uh, Just just makes more sense for me across the board in every aspect of my my work
1: I want to hear more about this ad agency you've got going on. When did this start? Uh, We started it at the end of
2: 2019 me and my brother did and uh, I was essentially I because of the adpocalypse it really screwed over my channel and I was trying to get sponsored messages for my videos and uh, the players that were offering them to youtubers uh, I noticed that they were really ripping people off. A lot of them would take 50% without telling the creator about it. So they'd say, hey, here's a brand deal. We'll give you $2,000. You're like, oh, great. You find out that the brand paid them 4000 They just took, they skimmed half off the top without telling you. Uh, and it was just like stuff like that. They were terrible to work with. There wasn't that many opportunities. And I thought I could do better just because I had the connections with YouTubers. And I thought I could offer a better service at a a lower commission for my buddies that also ran YouTube channels. So we started that, uh, just signed on some of my YouTube friends. Uh, We got in touch with some advertisers, some agencies, got things working. I understood like the base premise of the industry, but over time we just slowly understood how things work behind the scenes, how to go to companies, how the advertising departments at these companies work. And uh, it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And now we're, we're working with well over 100 creators and over 30 brands. And the business grows like 10% month over month. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it's gotten pretty insane.
0: <laughs> You've been doing this long enough to build up quite a network of, of other YouTubers who you know and whatnot. And I was uh, going through your Twitter because I think Twitter is pretty much the only other social platform that you really are active on um and there was someone having a problem with uh trolls or something along those lines and you reached out saying like i've helped other youtubers with with trolls do you find yourself in a position because you've been doing this so long and because you've kind of been around the block so many times that this is something that you enjoy doing now reaching out to other youtubers to be able to help them through their challenges
2: yeah like i'm it the thing is my My advice to people like that is just don't respond to them. Focus on making videos. It would be pretty basic of a discussion. Um, I I, I like helping people. I just I've noticed that people often don't want the help. And unfortunately, people actually don't want the trolls to stop. Like they say they want the trolls to stop. But people like being a perpetual victim in some cases, unfortunately. Um, So it's this thing where, oh, pity me. Trolls are messing with me. Then the trolls eat survive off that attention, so they'll keep on prodding them uh, to make them do more outlandish stuff. Then they'll have another mental breakdown, and it's just this vicious cycle. And I sometimes I just try to tell YouTubers, uh, you know, people that we deal with, we're like, hey, just don't respond to them anymore. Just focus on making videos. Just just delete your Twitter account. I don't say delete your Twitter account. The reason I'm on Twitter is because, uh, first of all, it's to just DM YouTubers. It's a lot of how, how a lot of business is done in the industry. And on top of that, uh, the oftentimes if you're having trouble on YouTube, the only way to get it fixed is uh, doing Team YouTube's, uh, adding tweet uh, Team YouTube on Twitter, and they'll they'll help you out there.
0: Do you have a partner manager?
2: No, they, uh, they refuse to give me one. Uh, I always apply, and they always turn me down.
0: You've never had a partner manager. They,
2: no, they they will not give me one.
0: Have you and you've been in an MCN before? <laughs>
2: oh, years ago, yeah. Those things were a scam.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I was in one of those too. I you know what one I was in was Defy. That was the one that that was like the worst one. And that was and I did it because like all these big YouTubers
0: were on it and I thought, Well, it must be a must be a good one. They have a whole sales team which will constantly just be out uh, there looking for brand lie. deals. Complete for lie. I was so glad I got out of that
1: deal like maybe five or six months before they completely exploded. And because I thought it's Smosh, you know, they were at all these big brands and they had their own area at VidCon that I got to sit in with and meet all these people. And then they weren't doing anything for me except just taking money. So I'm like, I, and I thought, oh, God, how am I going to get out of this? And so I remember emailing them like, can we just end this? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? And they just ended it. <laughs> it was no big deal. I'm like, hmm, that's a surprise. <laughs> and then they just... Completely went out of business and screwed everybody.
2: Yeah. Everyone thought MCNs were going to be the future. I know Disney mm-hmm. bought Maker Studios for like a billion dollars or something. But it turned yeah. out that the entire industry of multi-channel networks was a just a giant house of cards. They had no feasible business model other than, hey, we're going to leech off the AdSense of YouTubers. Like, right. <laughs> you can only go so far before YouTubers start figuring
1: uh, figuring that <laughs> one out. You probably don't need to be- care too much about ad sense would probably then if you get those yellow marks it doesn't really mean that much to you does it because you get so much of the sponsorships that you're doing
2: yeah i just i'm going to start uh trying to fight the yellow dollar signs a bit more i i don't care if videos are demonetized that much i calculated the one time and the amount of money i lost from videos getting yellow dollar signs is in the six figures um (laughs) it's like just insane amounts so i'm going to try to be a little bit better about playing the game a bit more in terms of getting the green dollar signs when I can for my contents. Uh, but what I've noticed recently um, is that there's times where the yellow dollar sign will indicate that YouTube is not going to promote the video. It hasn't oh. happened on my channel, uh, but on the podcast that uh, I I produce through my agency, uh, we had an episode recently where it got a yellow dollar sign. I was like, Who the heck cares? We have a sponsored message on it, we release it, and YouTube just did not promote it. Uh, 99% of the viewership was from subscribers to the channel. Uh, And it just, it had a good click-through rate, good watch time, no problems there. And uh, we reached out to YouTube support, and eventually they responded back giving us time codes. And uh, because the term retarded was used in the Mm. video, youtube just blacklisted it so there are words where if you say it in a video no matter what the context youtube will not promote it and they won't tell you that uh so uh, lesson learned i will have to just try to play the game and make sure that stuff gets green dollar signs just to show me that youtube will promote the video uh in the suggested feed to people going forward
1: Yeah, I think this is why, like I was mentioning before, so many people are just bleeping out just the most mundane words because they just really don't know. And I think that YouTube's bot searching for this stuff is just kind of very like a 19th century Victorian (laughs) (laughs) puritanical kind of.
2: It it really depends. Uh, Yeah, they've loosened up on swearing, but it seems like they've cracked down a bit more on derogatory terms for groups a bit more. Doesn't yeah. matter the context. Uh, I, I really don't know the exact details. It seems
1: like the the rules are tighter than they were back when network television had. I remember, you know, like George Carlin did the seven words you can't say on TV and stuff like that. But it seems like it's a lot more restrictive. I mean, you could do all this stuff on YouTube. You just won't get monetized, and you might not be. You might be kind of not promoted
0: by YouTube. Yeah, you won't get any traction in the recommended engine. Do you feel like, especially with like an internet mysteries video, do you feel like you kind of know which ones are going to click? Or is it always a bit of a surprise when you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that story to whatever, but this is clearly why?
2: Usually I'll know when uh, the video's finished and I sit down and I come up with the final title and thumbnail. uh Sometimes it's just super easy, like they stole his blood. We kind of <laughs> realize that, hey, that's the angle for the thumbnail, but I go and I spit that out and. Uh, 30 minutes to make that thumbnail, and I don't even send it to anyone else, really. I just, I'm like, this is good. I don't even need to get other people's opinions on this. And other times, I'll just sit there, and I'll spend three hours working on the thumbnail, and make, like, ten variations of it, and send it out to people. Like, which one of these ten is the best? And, uh, sometimes it doesn't fully click, and sometimes it doesn't matter. It still does well. Sometimes it kind of falls off, and get, doesn't get much traction, but Recently, if you look at my videos, I don't think I've had that much of, I haven't had a dud recently. I mean, you're you're getting
1: regularly over a quarter million views well over on each video, which is pretty darn good. You gotta be happy with the traction you're you're seeing on your channel.
2: Yeah, I've always had the rule of thumb for years now of as long as it gets uh, six figure views, that's good enough for me. That's like, as long as everything gets over 100,000, I could very easily sell sponsored messages for it. Uh,
1: Yeah, that does seem to be the number, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it really, yeah. I think that's a good spot to be in. So there was a time there on my channel where it was like, you know, some videos were teetering below it. Uh, That's kind of another reason why I left making the rise and fall videos on YouTubers, stuff like that, was because I didn't know if people would care about this specific YouTuber falling off. Like sometimes I thought one of those videos would be a hit, but then it turns out that YouTuber was not, of enough note to my audience where it just didn't get enough views. But with these videos that I make nowadays, I think uh, just my audience is kind of along for the ride of, hey, we know what kind of content you're making. You're just going to talk about some screwed up story about some messed up individuals. <laughs> We're going to watch it because no other YouTubers are really making this kind of stuff.
1: You don't feel any pressure to do
2: shorts? No. I, I don't have the time. Like, I, I just, I don't. There's only so many hours in the day and they're already used up at this point with me running my company and making my videos and working on my documentaries. And I have like 10 other side projects that I wanna do. And it's just, I don't want to make TikToks or minute long vertical videos. So I'm not going to do it.
0: Do you consume them? Like, no. Especially now on YouTube. I take it you probably watch a lot of YouTube just in general, just uh, the research process and like like going out and seeing who's doing what. So
2: the interesting thing is i don't watch youtube that much i listen to youtube i have youtube premium running on my phone like if you look at my uh my youtube stats i listen to youtube seven hours a day but it's all in the background i click on a video 30 minutes long okay here we go i'm at the gym listening to just random people ramble and if they say something interesting or i'm like okay i gotta see the visual for this i'll pull up my phone and i'll i'll backtrack at 20 seconds to see what they were talking about but for the most part, it's just listening to stuff in the background, waiting for that little blurb to uh, to go off where I'm like, hey, wait a minute, there, there's something there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, either for business-related stuff of, oh, it's a good idea for, you know, my company or, hey, this is a good idea for a YouTube video. Oh, he, this is a good YouTuber to reach out to, to work with maybe. Uh, it's just, I just always have it running in the background and I'm, I'm waiting for a light to a light bulb to appear.
0: Why haven't you changed
2: your name? I'm grandfathered in at this point. You
1: know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Too late at this point? because It's become a thing.
2: The last chance I think I had to change it was at the 10-year anniversary two years ago. It was like, okay, for 10-year anniversary, I'm changing my name to Artem or something along those lines. But uh, I didn't do it, and now it's just this is who I am, and I just have to I, I embrace it.
1: I think it's perfect. Gamer from Mars, and you—you're you, not a gamer anymore on no. on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> I don't have enough
2: time to play video games. Like I—I I, I try to sit down and play a video game from time yeah. to time, and I'm just like, I, I could be at the gym. I could be working. I just I can't I can't focus on that. It's it's there's too much mental since. Like, television, I can watch TV sometimes because I'm just sitting back and I'm eating food, so it's, like, something to do. But for a video game, like, I'm actively using mental capacity to try to play it, and I'm just usually mentally fried from work that I just, I can't do it anymore. It's just, it's not something I'm able to uh, do at this point in my life, unfortunately.
0: You wrote a tweet not too long ago, and it, it... It really interested me. So I wanted to ask you about it. You were asking about the most hated video on YouTube. And in that there was a whole bunch of responses and it got me to thinking what I thought was the most hated. And I wanted to ask each of you, Steve included what like the, and some of the ones that were there were like dear fat people, which was the Nicole Arbor Mm -hmm. video or Friday by Rebecca. I would
1: just say Friday, probably obviously YouTube rewind
0: from 2018. Yes, 2018. Logan Paul's suicide forest video. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's a pretty good one. And then uh, and then I had mine, uh, which was the Fine Brothers doing the trademarking React of the React. Oh, oh I forgot cause about that. Just because it was that. so angry, like it was such a bad take, and they got <laughs> so behind. I forgot about it that yeah. at the peak of their career. Have you done a video about that? Yeah,
2: particular? I. That was. That was like five years ago at this point. I did a two-year follow-up video to that. And that was like three years ago I did the two-year follow-up to that. Oh, that's down. right. So that was like the last time I covered that. They're, they've they really fallen off their their channels. They, yeah. They, they get like their content farm style videos. So they I'm sure mm-hmm. they turn a profit, but they're not like a real Well, player. I can think of
1: a couple others. I can think of H, H3 Productions, H3H3 H3, when they came out with a uh, – like a app game or something with yeah. lots of in-app purchases. Yep. Boy, that thing, I think they ended up just taking it down. They, they spent a lot of time coming up with this game, and they just had to squash it. And then I think of another one, and this, is, this one may be a little bit more obscure, was Jack's Films came up with, he had gotten in, I guess it was YouTube Red or something at the time, where they had him do like a game show, and it was so... So cringy. It was awful. Everybody's like, this is not you. This is not you. The comments were just horrible. But he recovered from that fine.
2: Yeah, there was I remember those YouTube Red shows, a lot of those. The free episode had just mega down votes.
1: I remember the Fine yeah. Bros. They
2: produced a YouTube Red Show that was a parody on American Idol after American Idol was off the air. So it was like <laughs> the most like Irrelevant idea for a parody (laughs) show and there was a joke where the one character's entire personality was he rode around on one of those little hoverboard things like he scooted into the room on a hoverboard and that was the joke like they they (laughs) focused in on him they focused in on the wheels going in and I'm like this is and it just had massive downvotes and I'm like wow don't give youtubers money for bigger projects this is the the moral of the story
0: I think the most liked reply (laughs) was also kind of the funniest answer, which was anything by Fred. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. (laughs) He was was pretty hated. Uh, uh, The YouTube removed the dislike button. Do you have any opinions about that? Did you use the dislike Uh, button or did you pay attention to it?
2: uh, Well, it's, I say it's the equivalent of Amazon getting rid of the star rating system and just like, you know, how How the hell do I know if a video is good or not? if I if I don't have a dislike bar to see, It's not perfect, but not having it at all. Now I'm just like, I, I can't I can't tell if a video is actually factual or not now. A lot of the time, I'll go on YouTube if I need to know how to pronounce a name when re- doing the voiceovers for a script. And oftentimes there's like trolls that will make voice uh, pronunciation guides yeah. that aren't correct. like they'll purposely pronounce the word wrong. And now I can't tell. If that's one of them, because those videos usually be disliked to hell. So it's actively made my life worse.
1: I think that's where it is. There seems to be a divide there between uh, how to videos, or videos that are trying to teach you something where it is kind of relevant, to where uh, the dislike pile ups on somebody just opinion piece or vloggers or whatever. Um, where they're not as relevant, but yeah, definitely on those how-to videos, there, there's there was kind of a purpose for those.
2: Yeah, so I mean, like th- that's the thing. Like, oh, go to this website, like download this program to help you do something. They could be sending you a link to go. Download a virus and now there's no way of anyone else to communicate that that's well other happening.
1: than the com- comments Well, if they have, I guess they could if they have you can turn those no, off
2: No, not just they don't even have to turn them off all they have to do is hold comments for review So they yeah. just have a bunch of puppet accounts saying wow great job And then the only way you could tell if comments are being held for review is if you try to leave your own comment So they could easily game the comment system to make it look like oh, this is a good video there.
1: Yeah, it's true
0: while we're speaking about YouTube features, uh, what do you think about the ranking system that they kind of have most YouTubers getting locked into where you upload a video and it compares it against your m- most recent 10 videos or nine videos and it gives you rankings and statistics? Are you Do you pay attention to a lot of that stuff? Oh, absolutely. Or are you, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it informs obviously the future videos and whatnot, so you go through and check out watch time and drop off times and all of the rest?
2: Yeah, I look at watch time, everyone was obsessed with like getting the click-through rates. I don't see the click-through rate being that like telling of a feature to know of like the exact amount because that's all completely dependent on how many people people YouTube promotes the video to. So uh, just like having the stack thing of this is performing 1 out of 10 or 2 out of 10 comparing it to my other videos, it's always forcing me to one-up myself because once you're doing good and all your videos are like performing well, then a 10 out of 10 might be, uh, better than a one out of 10 was six months ago if you've really stepped up your game. So I think, uh, that has helped me become
1: a better YouTuber and get more views. Does most of your watch time come from non-subscribers or subscribers? I would say
2: mostly non-subscribers. It really depends. Um, I'm hoping to get the the amount of non-subscribers watching a little bit higher. I have a much more dedicated audience now than I had like a year and a half ago, I feel, just because I've really refined what my content is. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good combination of both.
1: I've noticed lately, it, maybe it's just my videos, that they will now wait a few days before all of a sudden YouTube starts to, promote them a little bit so I'll see a spike after two or three days which is something I never saw until fairly recently it used to be a you know a pretty straight trajectory I guess for most videos but and I notice it says that they're from external sources and so I don't know what any of this means it just seems like it's always always changing I can hardly figure it out
2: yeah I I used to be able to notice like clockwork, how the algorithm worked in terms of promoting videos, but nowadays it kind of seems like they have multiple systems in place where if a video pops off immediately, they'll start promoting it right away. Uh, I made my documentary, The Basher vs. Conspiracy, and that got like a half million views in the first day, uh, just because YouTube immediately started promoting it right when it came out, right after the premiere ended, because they said, hey, this video's hot. And then I have other videos where uh, a couple days down the line, it'll get a jump in views. I have other videos where it's just consistent 5,000 views a day, every day for a year. Uh, There's no rhyme or reason for it. Have
1: you ever been on the trending tab? Do you have any idea how trending works? Do you, Chad, do you understand how trending works? Because I, I noticed like there's certain people that are almost always on trending and it's not necessarily like CGP Grey had a video yesterday or the day before and it was He's gotten like three, at least last when I watched it, which wasn't that long, it was this morning, it was like 300-some thousand views. And I think there's probably a lot of videos that get that much in the first day, but somehow he's trending. I, I don't understand.
2: Yeah, it's it's a combination of YouTube saying, hey, this video is doing well, and also having someone at YouTube physically say, okay, this video is good to go, to be on the trending tab. It's a, It's curated as well as informed by the actual viewership being high
0: i also think there's an element and this is all just me thinking uh of they have an internal quality ranking for channels and i think when you've done something long enough and they can just trust a channel that's been doing this for 10 years and like produces whatever that they don't have to be as like they kind of have like this like group of channels and they can pick off of their new videos to populate trending because they know they're safe they know they're brand friendly or they work with a. like we have a partner manager so uh and we've had one since like 2014 actually we've always and we've been one of the only youtubers i know who have just consistently had a partner manager and i think it's because we've always made safe videos we were the first people on the platform making cleaning videos and they're very clean videos they're very clean video they're literally (laughs) clean videos and we like doubled down on just what we do we didn't stray we didn't try to get into youtube culture we kept just being relaxed so now when we release a video and we find the stuff that ends up trending or doing well is literally the most basic stuff ever how to clean your toilet i know it doesn't sound whatever but like they just know that it's good content and now that they also push the videos out onto like if you have a pixel phone you have the google news feed yeah I believe what Steve was talking about with the external sources, that's when you get recommended and you get pushed into that feed. And now you're actually on people's cell phones, like even outside of the YouTube app, you're now getting that video. And those were the videos that we realized ended up getting 200,000 views in a day. And it's like 98% of your stuff was from off the platform. And it it always coincided whenever we released a video and I would pull up my phone and I would notice our video on my Google news feed, if that makes sense.
2: I'll just say that I never look at the trending tab. I, I forget that it's there. Uh, it's not something that even... Like, yeah,
1: I I notice it when it shows up on somebody's video because it'll be a hashtag at the top. It'll say number 30 on trending or whatever. And, and I think that's what caught my attention. And this is probably what you were talking about, Chad, is that there's like a group of people that are kind of like the safe YouTubers that they are constantly. And CGP Grey, who normally... I, His videos are amazing and there's so much work. They're so interesting. But I guess what caught my attention was this one was just him describing how he uses a journal that he was selling at the end of the video. And I'm like, this isn't really like his usual video. There's not much to it. And yet somehow, and it's not even getting a lot of views. For him, 300,000 views in a day is not a lot of views compared to his other videos. And yet it was um, trending.
2: He has friends in high places. That's what it comes down to. I think so. (laughs) I've seen it happen. Like there's just random YouTubers that they're not very popular. This was much a much bigger problem years ago than it is nowadays. But there was like these top tier creators that it seemed they were propped up by doing collabs with other YouTubers and YouTube promoting all their videos on the trending tab and on their on the official social media pages and stuff. And once they kind of faded out of the good graces of the the higher ups at YouTube and the YouTube community, you know they go off and try to make it in Hollywood and they abandon their channel. Then they come back and they're getting no views and they're like, Hey, what's going on? It's like, well, you know, all the people that you worked with are gone. They moved on, so they're not gonna help you anymore. And now you're relying on your own talent, which uh I guess isn't working out.
0: (laughs) In you've been on the platform since two thousand and nine, a lot of people talk about the golden age of YouTube. And I think it's probably different for everybody. So do you have a period of time which you most fondly look back on or maybe consider like, ah, this was such a good time on the platform?
2: I would say YouTube peaked in uh, 2016. Uh, That was probably the good point. And then it just all went downhill uh, when the apocalypse happened. It's just been getting progressively worse. Uh, That's my opinion, at least.
1: Uh, I think you're not alone. A lot of people cite 2015 and 16 as peak YouTube. It was just a
2: free-for-all. You could do it. Like, you look back and you see these YouTube pranksters were, like, stepping on black people's Jordans in the hoods. And those were getting monetized. <laughs> and they were getting, like, 10 million views. It was, like, yeah. it was the Wild West. You, uh, you were still yeah. a... The website was growing in relevance and popularity. And YouTube didn't start really moderating it. Super heavy-handedly yet, so you just had a, people doing whatever the hell they wanted. You had a lot of charlatans, but I prefer when there's tons of charlatans because more things are more entertaining when that happens. Uh, but it was just like it was one of these things where it's like crazy. You're able to do whatever you wanted, and uh, now it just seems like you talk about something a little off, off the reservation, and you're getting blacklisted. You're you're dealing with age restrictions. Uh, Getting rid of the dislike bar because that might hurt somebody's feelings. I, I I prefer the Wild West when it's just you could do whatever you want to.
0: It was also a time that people weren't trying to go out and become YouTubers and make. I mean, people were trying to be YouTubers, but they were trying to be YouTubers because it was such a fun sandbox to play in, and you could experiment and do. And all of those people who felt so. jilted because they didn't have a platform to be able to like do all of their credit like now it finally is and now it's legit there's uh, there's billboards in new york city yeah and all of the you know pootie pie like uh, like this is it's starting to break into like mainstream culture but it isn't being like you say so curated and whatnot and now you have and steve and i have talked about this at length youtube youtube channels which start up with full-blown production teams and like so like you're coming out of the gate knowing exactly what you're going to do and that was not the case that was not the mindset back in 2016 so there was still that like hey anybody can do it now it really is an uphill battle to get any kind of notice
2: the way i see youtube is i think the way that old new yorkers see new york city where they look back fondly on like the 70s and 80s where everything was dirty Times square was like <laughs> the red light district and there was a bunch of bunch of thieves and like it wasn't as as like commercialized yet and it was like raw and there was more crime but it was like it Bit was real edge. man and that's that's the way i see youtube back in the day like yeah there, it was a free-for-all you know, you were getting cyberbullied. People could make videos, you know, sh- calling you fat and saying all these terrible things about you. And you know, it was terrible, but man, it was a good time. It was it was you're able to do whatever you wanted. It was real. And now it just seems it seems so corporate.
1: Yeah. I think what has changed is that yes, people are coming into it with these big production teams and knowing how to do that and but there's still room for people who just want to start a channel and have some fun but the the difference is that it it's harder for those people to get seen now it, it, it for you know once in a while somebody will kind of just hit the algorithm right just haphazardly they'll do it but yeah in general if if you <laughs> If you wanted to make a a living out of YouTube, you better have a good plan and have some people behind you.
2: Well, the good thing now is that YouTube is so big and there's so many people using it and it's on every single device that smaller niches that wouldn't have been big enough to make a living off of before, you can now run a very nice-sized channel with. My dad watches motorcycle adventure bike channels where they go across the country on motorcycles. You know, 10 years ago on YouTube, you make those videos, they get like you know, 3,000 views or something. Now you could get a steady 100, 150,000 views for yourself, you know, get a couple sponsorships, and you could make a good six-figure living, you know, making motorcycle videos. That was just not the case before. 10 years ago on YouTube, you had to be in one of those very big genres, gaming, comedy, appealing mainly to younger kids. Uh, Teenagers were the main people on the website, so you had to make videos that had the humor for a 16-year-old in 2012, whereas nowadays, it's just you talk to a 70-year-old guy. They're like, oh, yeah, man I watch YouTube. It's on my TV. I I follow these YouTubers." totally mainstream. It's mainstream to follow youtubers now Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah That was not the case even five years ago. I don't believe
1: well Art, it was really great to have you back on the show. We're gonna to have to do this m- more often. We don't have, want to wait a year next time. <laughs> sure, have it be another <laughs> to year. Have you have you back on the show? It's, and I know you've got some big projects. You mentioned a big, uh, big one coming up. Do you want to tease a little bit about what it might be about, or is it is uh, under under wraps?
2: Uh, it's it's mainly under wraps. I think I did say it somewhere before, but it didn't really make any waves. It's. Uh, it's about one of the, uh, the most famous people in internet history, and I have exclusive uh, information mm. and access <laughs> to them. Oh. Uh, so I have exclusive interviews that I met with them in person that uh, no one else is able to get now. Uh, and it is, it is quite the odyssey, the, the story I tell
1: the most famous person most in internet history. history see now that's got me thinking yeah. who could that so be? go to the comments down
0: below and comment who you think <laughs> the most interesting person in internet history is. It's oh you, what Chad, a cliffhanger it's you it's probably me
2: yeah this is <laughs> i've been working on this video series for over two years it's uh i'm so glad to just get it out to the world not because not only because i think it's really good but also Uh, So much of my mental capacity is being spent on this massive project that I just can't wait to get this out so then I could fill that part of my brain with some new project (laughs) because I'm just, I, I, I I need to move on to something else and this one is so close to being finished. It's just, I've upped the production value while also upping the production value on a four and a half hour long project. So it's just, it's so much content it's insane
0: are you ready to launch it and not worry about the response it gets
2: it's gonna get i think it's going to get a very good response uh i don't want to jinx it and say oh it's going to be amazing because uh it's youtube anything could happen
1: four and a four and a half hour video that'll definitely be a few trips to the gym for me yeah Yeah.
2: well it's going to be split up into four parts so Oh, okay uh, week I'm we're finishing them all at the same time there it's almost done the first three parts are pretty much finished working on the fourth part now and refining it a bit more in terms of uh, we're getting the music and stuff made but uh yeah we're going to release it one episode a week for a month straight wow so that should be coming out very soon I keep on giving dates to people behind the scenes of like oh'll be out now but then the always passes. So I'm at a point now where it's just, it'll be out when it's out, but it's, it is very, very close to completion.
1: Well, we'll be looking forward to that. I'm always excited when I see a new Gamer from Mars video because I always, it's either a topic that I've totally forgot about and it was kind of a little bit of nostalgia there or it's something I never knew about, but it really is very interesting to learn about. And for those of you listening to this episode, did you know that you can leave a rating on Spotify now? Do you know that, Art? You can leave oh, ratings. No. As soon as YouTube gets rid of their dislike button, Spotify gives a five-star rating system over there. That's so. good. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking probably what Spotify will eventually do is they'll cut it down to where it's either a thumbs up or thumbs down, and then eventually they'll eliminate the thumbs down. Doctor,
0: it'll just be a thumbs up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Leave this podcast episode a thumbs up.
1: <laughs> yes, we would appreciate it. And, and, no, and no doubt Spotify is going to also be bringing in reviews pretty soon too. with Just like I, iTunes, formerly iTunes what's the Apple Podcasts now. And you can leave a rating over there. We would always love to hear from you there. And if you would like to suggest a topic for the show, you can email us at hi at chadandsteve.com.